And welcome, Rooster Boosters, to Rooster Booster Time. Excuse me. I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrar. That's Mike the Grand Poobah Parazzini. And it is always a good time to uh, come in uh, after a, a winning match, after we win the, the first game of the season. Uh, you know, week two, obviously. Uh, week one was our bye week. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that we love to see. It's very easy to talk about. And, of course, we have a nice guest. And here's Joe. Uh, Joe Bass, everybody, loose forward for Rugby New York. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys, for having me. And uh, if you notice, he's a funny talker, actually born in <laughs> Manhattan, but raised in Australia. Uh, he's playing rugby since he was five years old. Um, let's see. Let's go down the resume here, courtesy of Doug Coyle, DJCoyleRugby.com. Uh, Trinity College at the, at the University of Melbourne in 2018 um, to 2021. He graduated with a bachelor's uh, in commerce uh, degree in marketing and management. Um he also played for uh, the university. Um, he played rugby at the university for the Unicorns uh, in the Dewar Ch- uh, Shield Championship, uh, Melbourne Rebels under tw- under 19s in 2018, and for New South Wales uh, Shut Shield in the 2020 2021 season, playing for the Hunter Wildfires. Um, he holds an American passport, so he doesn't count towards yes. our foreign player spot. Thank you, Jesus. And there's our number <laughs> one fan, Jason Zimmerman, saying hello. Hi, Jason. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting, you know. That's one of the things I'm, you know, bringing when you bring in new fans. I'm sure Mike knows this, and things we fight about is foreign player spots, American passports, mm-hmm. you know, this, that, and the other thing. So, you know, it and that that's how it is in pretty much all of the domestic uh, leagues. Um, currently, people might not know that, you know, Japan has their regulations. The Southern Hemisphere yeah. teams have their regulations, or they just have a philosophy like, you know, um, um, uh, um, yeah. Oh God, uh, Fiji Adrua. You know, had, wants to have that seventy-five percent Polynesian thing mm. as their culture. Um, so it's interesting how everybody's kind of moves about that. But anyway, so let's let's talk about Joe real quick. Um, coming over here, Joe's a young guy, um, twenty-two <laughs> years old, coming come coming back to the states, uh, coming coming to uh, to to back to the tri-state area. Um, so my first question is, Joe, have you been able to see any of the sites? Definitely, definitely. I think. Uh... I've actually got a little bit of a nickname in the team as Joe, Joey the Tourist. So, <laughs> <laughs> even though I was born here, I'm certainly no stranger to doing all the touristy stuff. I've been back um, on a little family vacation um, a few years ago at the end of 2018 and absolutely loved it. Um, but that was probably for five days at most. So, definitely didn't get to experience too much of it. So, I've, I've certainly made more than made up for that in my time here um yeah absolutely love getting out and about <laughs> joe that's the good that whenever they see uh the boys see another you know instagram story or something somewhere they always ask for how my day off was what i got up to. <laughs> i think and that's another thing i think i've talked about it in, in every guy we've interviewed this uh this season is check out his instagram was it at joby one kenobi right Am I, yeah and uh he, he's another guy experiencing you know new york uh, alone uh, I would say for the first time, and his Instagram's great. You get to see wherever he goes, where he eats, yeah. all the fun stuff. Um, so follow him on Instagram; it's a really fun account. Um, yeah. So you know, let's talk about the 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 winning the the winning match uh, against uh, Houston. Um, they went into Aviva Stadium. Uh, Aviva Stadium for most uh, New York fans is almost like the way we played at MCU Park. Um, it's kind of an open concept on one side and the wind goes directly down the field. Right. So you guys saw Sam Windsor really struggling with his kicks. They went for that one penalty in the first half because they had to win, um, missed the, uh, conversion on the try, uh, with the wind and then completely shanked it against the wind. I mean, it just froze up there. 
Um, we've we've seen that happen before at MCU Park. So I think it was one of those matches where Sam knew what was going on with the win because he's played in Houston for so long. Everybody knew it wasn't going to be a kicking game unless you had it with the wind. I mean, we only saw a couple of those 22, 50-meter kicks and only when you kind of had the wind with you. Um, and it was also interesting because a couple of weeks ago, it was going to the fan sites about the law on how big, how long uh, try zone areas could be, you know, from six meters to 20 meters. And Houston has that 20-meter try zone. Yeah. There's a couple of kicks they kicked that I, if that was in New York, uh, you know, it would have been out the back. Yeah, um, definitely. So it was, yeah, so it was interesting to play that. Um, but I think uh, I think all facets of the game, New York played well. I think all facets of the game, Houston played well. Um, I think there was just timely errors and penalties going about um, that kind of stifled the flow on offense, especially when they got down there. Um, uh, and then the phantom card against uh, uh, Nate Brakeley. I got to be honest, you know, I rarely talk about in public, you know, about officiating. I only had two gripes with the officiating. I felt like. The official used the TMO to try and downplay the chippiness where he should have been more that Nigel Owens character where he got in people's faces and he's like, got the shit. Um, and then getting the penalty for accumulated penalties on your first penalty was interesting because uh, that's what he told Nate it was for. Mm. But I'm not ex- exactly sure if that's what he meant. You know, maybe just in the heat of moment, that's what he said. Maybe it was some other infraction. So yeah, I'm not sure if Nate got a warning or anything. So I haven't I haven't talked yeah. to him about it. But <laughs> when we yeah, were so, watching, we were a bit curious as to that as yeah. well. I mean, and, the, and I'll put in a third one: the TMO on the first try. I can understand the they called the obstruction um, on on the Bonasso one, but if you called the the grounding on the field, it should be like the NFL, right? If it doesn't, if you can't prove that it didn't happen. Then it should stand. So it was. I felt that was weird that they took that one back. You know. Yeah, that was that was a little a little chippy. That I I put that as uh because they it was called against uh, Hewitt for yeah obstruction. Yeah. Because yeah, but Ben kind of ran in, but they said that the yeah that uh, Charlie Hewitt obstructed the player from tackling Ben. The only point where that really happened was though was kind of when Ben was past Charlie. And once yeah. you're past a player, it's not obstruction. And I, and I thought he's, the rule was as long as you're standing still, you're not considered obstructing. Yeah. There was a, there was a little was. chipping. Yeah, there was a, there may have been a little bit of a, a push or a shove yeah. that, you know, got the guy off balance. I Like I said, I think that's gamesmanship possibly. I don't know. Well, like I said, that one wasn't. He's that getting one, himself in a position, but yeah. And, and that was, one yeah. wasn't the one I had the issue with more of the, if you call it on the field, and then you, I could see like you called it on the field, like Appy last season, right? We know Appy dropped that ball. Uh, I think it was week three and knocked it on, right? And in a, in a TMO, you would have seen that. And I get that. But like, if you come back and say, well, I didn't see it grounding clearly after you called it. Well, you, you clearly saw it with your eyes the first time to call it, right? You know, if you didn't cl- see, yep. clearly see it the first time, why did you call it? You should have said no and then go to the TMO and confirm it. So that was interesting. Um, well, that was, yeah, that was the other one. Um yeah, because a T, yeah, isn't the law in rugby a TMO is what it's to overturn the on-field decision? Yeah. If it's, like it's, no, it's supposed yeah, to be like the it's NFL. clear, yeah, like the NFL. Yeah, so, so it's that was they, weird, but you know, listen, aches and pains. Of course, um, at least they got her name right, unlike the Dallas Jackals. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know if anybody caught that, but they call them. The, they had a graphic that said the Dallas Jackets, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, you know this. It, it, you know, year five, it's unacceptable to be quite honest. But, but we'll talk about play. Obviously, 
uh, Eddie Fidal, uh, two amazing runs down the sideline, um, doing what he does to score and, and win the game. And James Dealey, who's uh, at MLR Stats. Um, so there are three players who've scored 100% of their points in the matches in MLR and won the match. Uh, Sam Windsor for uh, Houston against AGs in 2019. Dan Hollinshead last year, uh, Rugby United New York against LA. And then Ed Fidel, Rugby New York versus Houston. And he's the only one to do it that wasn't a kicker. So that was interesting. Very um, interesting stat. That is right. Yeah, this guy, James, goes all over the place. Um, and then we also, courtesy of our buddy uh, Rob, um, now have an Ed Fidel song. So we do uh, Ed Fidel in the in the chorus of Baby Shark. So we're going to try and get that going. I'm sure that'll really like that. But, um, yeah, great win. We snuck one out in Houston. You know, we, we bounced our way, and we made some plays, and it looked good. Um, now we're They covered the spread for me, too. Yeah, they, they didn't yeah. make me look like an idiot with my prediction. <laughs> I said Rooney by three, so I was yeah. pretty good. I'll take that. I went six for six in my Super Bowl picks. I'll take that as well. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about Joe. Um, you know, it's we talked about New York coming here. Um, so th- the next question we always have to ask is, who's your roommate? Well, actually, I'm in the uh, the only three bedroom apartment uh-huh. of all the boys. So I've actually got Uppy and Kyla McCorkingdale uh, with <laughs> nice. me. Ah, that's <laughs> awesome. Which That's is a great, great mix. Um, we've uh, we get along pretty well, so it's good fun. Um, I like being in the three. I mean, we we have the advantage of a fairly spacious apartment, it's being a three bedroom one. So we've yeah. definitely got that up on some other boys. Um, and Uppy's always playing his uh, his island music every morning to lighten the mood, which nice. is always good on the on the cold uh, walk or drive to to training in the mornings. Um, and we've actually uh, been very into binging um ozark i don't know if you've watched it um uppy absolutely loves it so <laughs> we're uh we're either binging that or uppy's playing a video game like he he, lo- he absolutely loves halo or red dead redemption oh red dead <laughs> yes. so there's it. a lot of that going on but uh yeah it's a good mix good group of guys <laughs> That's a, sorry. I'm laughing. I can just imagine Appy throwing the controller when he gets killed in Halo. <laughs> he loves going hunting in in Red Dead. Just for oh. hours. it's actually <laughs> unbelievable. I don't know how he stays amused by it, but he does. So then I was going to ask. I was going to ask about you know American born, lived in Australia. Did the other like American born, American passport holding foreigners on Rooney kind of give you the rundown? You know of what what it's like to be you know that in that weird situation. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, didn't really talk too much about kind of being in that unique situation. It was it was good. We all kind of got given buddies, um, like returning players as a as a buddy for all the new new guys. Um, that was before we even came. So I had Benja, who is obviously born in Connecticut, I think. So same yeah. same very similar position as me, and uh, but doing it only a year earlier. So. He was great to be my buddy because he kind of knew all the ins and outs, ins and outs of being in that kind of position. Um, and then, you know, having made his debut for the Eagles as well last year, which is, you know, I wouldn't lie in, in, in it being a goal of mine, not being a goal of mine. So, yeah, um, it was great to hear that from him and be, be partnered up with him. And I think he was, yeah, definitely being the best kind of relaying that information, um, even though there might be a little bit of a language barrier now and then. Yeah, but you can get over that. I mean, you yeah. know, hand signals, and you played the game. You played the game enough, you know, even in your young age, to play with guys. You know, oh yeah, yeah, people. So yeah. It's, it's 
Yeah, it's not too crazy. So actually, we have a good question from our buddy Doug. Uh, how has being with a group of experienced forwards helped you in, in training for your game? Um, very good question. I definitely think when it comes to a lot of the small details, that's where I've learned heaps. Um, just learning off guys like um, Brendan, um, Carter Pryor, yeah. um, um, even Benjo, I mean, and as well as um, Pungo. I mean, literally everyone in the forward pack, um, yeah. you know, being – I think the the youngest forward or I think even the youngest guy in the team, um, I'm learning from all of them um, as well as just in the lineouts, the second rows, especially as well, Charlie and Nate um, really been helping out. So I would say yeah, the biggest thing is probably kind of those, those really small details um, that you, once you get, once you step up to a high standard of, of rugby is when you start needing to, to know those. I have those down pat to actually beat, you know, Higher standard sides. I mean, when you're playing club rugby or, or lower levels, um, you know, or junior rugby, it's kind of a lot more broader structure, generalized structure, and then just just play the game. Whereas if you want to succeed um, at a standard, you know, professional standard, then you really got to get those small details. So that's really where their kind of knowledge of you know playing years and years of of pro rugby comes in, um, especially off the set piece. That's definitely where I've learned the most. Um, we have so much more detail than what I'm used to in, in previous years of playing around literally every every aspect of the game, kickoff receipt, off line outs, off scrums, off turnover balls. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's if, if that's a good enough answer, just the, those little details that, that even down to the exact, you know, movements, the angles, the yeah. the where you want to end up after a ball, what ruck you're cleaning, what role you are. So all that it's been great um some seriously good guys to learn off and even just you know houston was a good example not playing i could just watch those guys um who are playing the same position as me mm-hmm. and see what they're doing against a pretty good opposition that's that's huge absolutely unfortunately you weren't up joe wasn't up for selection last week because he had a little knock against uh the ags in the scrimmage which you know uh, hopefully he'll be clear for next week and i'm sure he'll be a, a selection um, Joe's really good. I really like Joe. Um, I love, I love the younger guys and I love how they push people. And if it's, it's one thing, if you could push Kara Pryor's buttons in, uh, practice and get him riled up, you can kind of see it, you know, him turn it on during the game. So I like it. The other thing is, so I have a, an add on question because Pago has been killing it with the thirst trap picks. Is he given like, uh, classes on how to do a classic thirst trap? <laughs> <laughs> he is killing it with the thirst trap picks. I think he put one up on Valentine's day. Uh, yesterday, um, I don't know. He, I'm sure he would uh, offer some classes if you paid him enough. Uh, <laughs> you know, he doesn't do stuff for free. I know. So, <laughs> I'm sure he, he's up for anything if you ask him. Though he's um, he's he's a talented man in on and off the field. We'll say that. So now, now that I got the really tough question for you, we ask this of all the Rooney players: uh, high socks or low socks? And then plain cleats or flashy cleats? Oh, good question. Um, I'm probably more a high socks guy, but That's cool. I don't know. I like I, I I often wear those kind of calf um, tight things, um, which you know often go under the socks. So if the socks fall down, then I've still got kind of that high sock <laughs> look. <laughs> um, and then when it comes to cleats. 
I do like um, I do like a nice white, just all white or all black. I don't really like the bright colors like orange or or green or anything. Um, so you, I think in the AG game I had some. Oh, they they're a bit dirty now, but they were white, and then I've got some black <laughs> ones. So I don't know. Well, white ones can be fairly flashy. So it depends who you're asking, really. Yeah. And especially if you're playing when you're playing at JFK Stadium and they have the grassy turf, they're not going to get dirty. So exactly, perfect, you know? exactly. Might so have, I have some new white ones just for JFK. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. Just... You have to have your way. Yeah, you know, your way on the grass ones, and then your home cleats. So here's the the next. I think I think Mike's is, Mike's question is the most controversial, but the second <laughs> most controversial question that we ask players: um, Who has a better haircut, Charlie Hewitt or John Grezacek? Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to say, Charlie. I'm a big mullet fan. <laughs> I love a mullet. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed in 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 South Southern Hemisphere rugby, but it's uh, oh, it's a big oh, thing at home. We yep. know, we know, we honestly last year it was it was Dan Holland's head and Benja, and then now I think Charlie thinks he's Benja, but just you know four feet taller um, and less and and less speed and less ball skill. <laughs> But he has that same haircut. I think it's yeah. it's going to give him that power up to, to do yeah. It's uh, it makes you faster, no doubt. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're cutting off, you know, useless hair that's going to just drag you down on the sides. Which exactly, it's aer- makes it, it makes him more aerodynamic when he fights on the field. That's what it is. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I used to, I had a bit of one, um, not last year. I think a couple of years ago, when uh, when it was becoming popular back home, but. I'm kind of more of a yeah. cut man these days. I was going to say, yeah, you look like you're more of the Quinn Appy getting a yeah. haircut Friday before you, you leave for the match type guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely, uh, I definitely need a, a touch up. Um, maybe if I'm, if I, I'm lucky enough to play this week, I'll, um, yeah, I'll, uh, you'll see me with a fresh cut. <laughs> There's a good barber just around the corner. So nice. they'll, they'll, they sort all the rugby guys out, I think. That's awesome. Nice. Love that. So you kind of mentioned like Southern Hemisphere. Is there a Southern Hemisphere style of play that you feel is like kind of influenced, you know, how Rugby New York does what they do? A hundred percent. I think, I mean, you just have to look at the makeup of the team, you know, a lot of Kiwis, um, a couple of Aussies, Argentinian. So definitely big uh, Southern Hemisphere influence. Um, I, I definitely think so. And that probably comes more from the coaches, being um, predominantly, you know, the two Martys being mm-hmm. Kiwis themselves, um, really bringing that kind of New Zealand style rugby, which I personally am a big fan of. Um, you know, we really try to play faster and, and outpace teams rather than just. Um, obviously, we still want to play really hard rugby, but we don't. We're, we're not just slow brute force. Um, I guess you could say South African esque. <laughs> you know, you look at Houston, and we probably didn't get to play as much of that style because of the of the uh, environmental factors and the and the wind on Saturday. As you were saying, Scott, kind of that first half when the wind was behind us, just guys were throwing passes and it was just floating in front, and you couldn't even catch them. Um, so that probably landed towards Houston style of play. You know, you kind of watch the Springboks um, with their. Uh, Head of rugby being Heineke Myers now. <laughs> um, there's a bit of Springbok flavor there. I mean, although they are Southern Hemisphere as well, I think their style is really different. Mm-hmm. So they kind of play that more kicking pressure and just forwards, brute force. Mm-hmm. You know, it I mean, might not and, be the fastest or the yeah. prettiest. 
and and that worked against a team like LA when you were holding possession. Yeah, I think when you come up with a team like Rooney, you I think you have to augment your style a little bit, and I think that's yeah. something that um, coaches in the game in the MLR, if you haven't been in the league, don't necessarily do as much. Um, I you know it, to me it feels like rugby coaches don't augment the plan as much as they should and make the adjustments. And I think you'll have to see in the MLR um, as some of the coaches stay on a couple of years, they will start to tweak in game what's going on. Um, not just by the win, but just to say, Hey, this isn't working. You know, we have to try something else. I mean, one of the things I felt Rudy was doing better um, was bringing it out wide and not going with a lot of forward uh, runs because it was getting stuffed very quickly. You know, so, you know, why continue to try and do that? Mm. You know, you have to keep them honest. You have to do it every so often. But to pound them up front was just something that wasn't working. So, you know, to get it out wide. Um, yeah. And I also think, you know, it's it's that first match for everybody. You yeah. know, you, you guys, you had the one uh, um, exhibition against the AGs. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of movement from, you know, from last year. So people aren't used to each other. And then trying to do too much. I felt Jason was doing a little too much. He had a couple of those hook passes he was trying to offload. And I think that's just being excited to be back on the field again, you know, and yeah. he was excited. He was trying to make the play when, you know, maybe a guy like, I don't know, um, I don't, I'm trying to think like who maybe who might have done different, you know, maybe um, like Quinn takes that ball and goes down instead to start a new phase just because mm. he he's done this in the MLR before, you know. So um, I think we'll settle down a little bit and we'll yeah. get there, you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's man. I freaking I love I I loved watching. I was so excited Saturday just to finally watch us back on the screen. It yeah. was so great. <laughs> you um, should have heard our uh, <laughs> our little apartment going off when Ed scored that second try. Oh god! You should have <laughs> seen me. Me and my best friend Chris were hugging each other, but you know I was watching the the TV over there. He was watching the TV over there. And we were jumping up and down yeah. like like schoolgirls. It was great. Um, I was uh, surprised uh, yeah. we didn't get a noise complaint to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> We were, we were jumping up and down, and then Stephen Lewis, the GM who happened to be there, came over and started jumping up and down. <laughs> uh, my wife could care less, to be quite honest. Um, that was our that was our Valentine's Day dinner because you know we don't screw around on Rooney nights. Um, but yeah, so uh, the next the next question, right? Is it my turn, Mike, or your turn? Yeah, it is your turn. My turn. Okay, so the next question is: so out of the four Rooney kits they debuted, the uh, home, the away. The uh, black um, neighborhoods stripes, and then the what they call them, the heritage jersey. A heritage, yeah. 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 Which one are you uh, the biggest fan of? Good question. I I quite like the heritage. Mm. I don't mind. Uh, we we got to wear them on the on the photo day, and they look pretty nice. Um, some boys looking pretty classy in them. You know, the the heritage, the little collar. Yeah. Um, I, I quite like the white one as well on on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, probably I've got to say the heritage. I mean, I'm keen to see. I'm not sure when we're going to wear it, um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan. I purchased that one this season. My wife allowed oh. me to purchase one kit. I purchased <laughs> three last year. Um, she's like, you're only allowed one. Like a child, you're only allowed one. So I got the heritage one, although I do like the black uh, neighborhoods one because I feel like if you do black with yeah. black shorts, black cleats, just go all black like Raiders, yeah. that would be freaking awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely bring out the – the black plates, Mike. If we're wearing that one, the neighborhood jersey, you got to the 2015 All Black World Cup. Squad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the coolest, oh, the coolest kit I've ever seen on any team. When they, when they all had this matching Adidas blacked out cleats, mm-hmm. doesn't get much uh, meaner than that. And obviously they won. So heck yeah, yeah. 
It was the kit that that that's why they won. Obviously, yeah, intimidation, <laughs> intimidation. Yeah. They were intimidating, and like the like black stormtroopers just coming on the field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, uh, what if of all the other kits in the MLR, and you had to pick, you had to buy one with your own mm. money, which one are you buying? Oh, I do love the colors of LA. I love a bit of pink in there, but this season I quite like. I think it's. San Diego's away strip. It's like white, and they've got this cool kind of armor, yeah, detail yeah. to it. That yeah. I, I, I'm, I quite like the chainmail. Yeah, the chainmail. Yeah, the chainmail. Yeah, chain yeah. Like the, I think it's the white, and it's got like a yeah, white with the red, yeah, mail. gold and red chainmail. Yeah. yeah, I like that color. They have that mustardy gold color. I, yeah. I really like it. A lot of people were uh, not fans of it. I thought it was cool, and I love the Giltinis. All they do all whites or they do all blacks. Yeah, I do uh, love. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna. I mean. This year specifically, I like the San Diego one, but like in terms of the last two seasons, uh, LA, they've got some cool, yeah. cool kids. Um, and then the last question. So we know that you guys have the boom box outside of practice. It's a big thing. We know generally Quinn is on aux cord. Um, but if you were to take the aux cord, what's one song you would have to play during practice? <laughs> one song I'd have to play. Oh, jeez. I mean, uh, Quinn loves to play. There's kind of a remix of the the Land Down Under, um, <laughs> and a lot of the guys, especially Butcher, loves to get around me whenever that plays. So I think I'd be obligated to play that, and maybe just maybe I'll just play the original uh, rather than the remix. See how that goes down. But uh, Quinn's is more of like a techno remix, which yeah, is a bit more that high. Makes sense. That makes high sense. Yeah. But um. Whenever that comes on, Butchie turns to find me on the field. Just like, he puts on a good uh, Aussie he accent. Def- he definitely doesn't pull out friggin' Sam though, right? Just you. He pull- he's like, you're the Aussie I'm going to look <laughs> at me. while we play. Just me. He always, uh, whenever he walks past me, or we say he's got, he puts on a Lewis, hey, mate, mate. Little, little <laughs> accent. Loves it. Oh, man, that's awesome. Um, so real quick, we're going to talk about our match against the, a powerhouse ATL squad who's 2-0. I mean, listen. Credit to them. Uh, they poured it on DC the first match of week one. And then they played a hard-nosed match against Nola. I mean, um, if you know, we, we I gotta be honest, Nola is kind of doing the same thing they've done the past three seasons, Mike, you know, where they kind of get stifled at the at the five meter line and just can't punch it in. And I mean, I, I feel there's a difference, you know, if you get to the five meter line and you have that one handling error off the first pass, it's one thing. But if you keep getting stuffed and stuffed and stuffed and stuffed, and then finally the penalty or the handling error happens, and it's happened the past three years. I feel like that's a on-the-field issue, to, in my opinion. Somebody on the field is not making the right call. Um, but, you know, it, it turns out it's an LA, um, an LA win, an ATL win, uh, 2-0. So we're going to the snake pit, uh, the new snake pit. Um, and, you know, we got, we're got we playing a, a team that's 2-0 and riding high. Um, mm. You know, despite all the turmoil, um, I kind of said this on the rugby rant, I felt like – they were, they were going to go two ways. They were going to come in either and be almost a mess, like I would say Seattle and the AGs were at certain points when their front office was a little shaky, or they were going to come in with that fuck you attitude. And yeah. it seems like they're coming in with that fuck you attitude. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, four former New York players, um, uh, Jonas Petrakopoulos, Will Leonard, um, Evan Minturn, and Will Burke. Uh, you know, Will Burke and Jonas were on the team last year. Uh, we're on ATL last year. They were on uh, Rooney in, in 2020. And then this year we got uh, Mr. Piggy himself, Will Leonard, and Evan Minturn, who had that amazing try-saving tackle last year, one-handed, you know, behind the 
you know, you will not pass type of deal. Um, so, I mean, I think these guys are going to be fired up to play us. They're always fired up to play us. You know, we, we beat them uh, twice out of three times last year. Unfortunately, that, that one loss we had against them came in the semifinal, you know, at, at the death. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a little different depending on the weather. Um, if they don't have the same weather that they have at Aviva, I think we rely more on Sam, assuming Sam's going to be picked. Um, have those uh, 2250 kicks going. You know, if we have a penalty, maybe we'll kick for sticks more. Um, Marty does love his rolling malls. Obviously, that's the reason why the butcher is the second, uh, you know, has the second most points in um, in the MLR. And uh, as Dougie Coyle, Dougie Coyle points out, um, has a number of South Africans, just like Houston. Great line speed on defense. Um, we know Evan and and Will are good on uh, defense. It's tacklers, and they can they're hard chargers running the ball. They're hard to take down. Um, and I do think that's something, in my opinion, that changed in their back line. You know, they did have guys like, um, you know, the, the Cowboy, Mark O'Keefe. They did have guys like Robbie Petzer. But they're not as um, stout of runners. You know, they, they're more of make-you-miss type guys, try to avoid contact. Yeah. Evan. You know, their back line now is made for running into contact and breaking through. Um, so, you know, I think we have to tighten up our our – Tackling. I don't think we were as loose in our tackling against Houston as we had been in previous games. I think it was rather tight, but we have to stay that way, right, Mike? Yeah. I, I think everyone, I will say this, I think everyone played a good defensive game. Um, I think our last season, you know, defense was our stalwart. You know, that's what won us matches. I th- if, you know, Houston, this game against Houston is any indication of the upcoming season, our defense got that much bigger, bigger or better. Um, and it seems like guys that, you know, weren't, you know, that were de- defensive liabilities last season or weren't, you know, putting out that defensive output. Maybe there was, a st- maybe there was a talking to, maybe, you know, someone said, Hey, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, step up. And it seemed like everyone stepped up and, you know, worked hard and it's our, our defense was definitely not the issue this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And I think you had Jack Hayton came, uh, played, got the ball, and didn't have really have any breakthroughs. But what I like to see was when he got every time he got the ball after that, he didn't stop. I mean, some guys would would you know get stuffed two or three times, and then be a little hesitant running into that to that gain line and getting met. Um, he was meeting that defense, and like I said, he didn't break through as much as you know Eddie did, and Eddie seemed to be the only guy to really break through, to be quite honest. Mm. But it didn't deter him from stopping to try. So that's what I love to see that guys running into contact. You know me, I'm not as much of a stepper as much as I'm a run, run you over type of guy. Um, but yeah, so score predictions, Mike, what do you got? I've already, I've already put in my super group pick. I said, uh, New York by three. New York by three. Our buddy Jason read my mind. I'm going Rooney by one. Um, I think it's going to be tight. Um, I think it's, it's one of those where I think we're going to come together. We're going to have less mistakes. Um, but you know, who knows what happens? ATL can pour it on people at times, you know, they break through a lot, um, as we saw against the OGs. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I'm optimistic for a win. I think it's going to be very tight though. Um, I think, but- you know, you, you, were, you were mentioned before, you know, last season there, there was a point, you know, when, you know, everything clicked. I think, I think we mm-hmm. said, I, I think I said it was the OGs away gate. Um, I think that's the, like, that might be this, this week. Hopefully, hopefully it is this week. Hopefully it's not a little bit further, but like, you know, it's, it's that, you know, holding on to that pass, you know, not making that offload and enforcing something, maybe, you know, slowing, maybe the guy's slowing down a little bit to wait for support to be there instead of, you know, just booking it away from everyone. So I think ETL, yeah, it's a strong team. I think everyone has to play smart rugby. And I think, you know, 
playing hard rugby brings out the best of everybody. You know, either you, know, you rise to the pressure or you shrink to it. And I think, you know, uh, rugby New York historically has risen to the pressure as we saw, you know, with Houston this weekend. So I th hopefully everyone rises to the pressure, kind of we figure out our game plan and, you know, move forward. Yep. And uh, real quick, it just came out, um, new signing, uh, Victor Evans II, uh, coming from American Raptors. This is now the third player that Rudy has uh, contracted over the past few years from the American Raptors, the other two being Caleb Geiger and Max Dacey. But Max Dacey, we know in interviewing him and knowing his background, was was always a rugby guy. Caleb Geiger, a football guy. Victor Evans, a football guy. Most recently in football, Victor Evans was with the Washington Commanders uh, practice squad in training camp. Unfortunately, got cut and then moved to the American Raptors for rugby. So that seems like another guy who's not going to be afraid uh, to make a contact hit if he needs to, which is always definitely. Nice to see, right? He um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big uh, I'm a big fan of Vic. He's um got a great mindset when it comes to learning the game. Um, he's he's been dealing. I think initially why he got cut, he's had had some knee issues, and mm -hmm. so he's been pretty on top of that, getting back on board. But yeah, when he rips into contacts, you definitely don't want to be. Uh, the ball carrier running into Vic, I can tell you that much. If there's anything he can do, is he can hit a man. So, <laughs> That's big, awesome. Big shoulders, big shoulders. I think I just popped a Woody. That's awesome. I love <laughs> I, th I honestly, the best thing I heard about Caleb Geiger, Geiger last year is Butch comes up to me. He goes, "So the first practice we have in the weight room, he let everybody go first on the squats, uh, and then he added about three plates on each side yeah. and started squatting reps." And I went, "I can't do that." <laughs> Caleb, Caleb is a strong, strong man. Uh, it puts everyone to shame in the gym. <laughs> He's he, listen. I love my gym rats. You know, me and Robert Aramisky were still great friends, and he was a gym rat at, at Rooney. If you can go up and put stuff up on the squat rack, it just makes me smile. But anyway, yeah, we've he, taken so much time, uh, yeah. Joe. Sorry, to interrupt, um, but we've taken a lot of your time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we uh, we appreciate you coming on um, again. Follow him at Joby One Kenobi on Instagram. It's a great Instagram to follow if you want to know what's going on in the city as he's taking his days off to actually, you know, he has the availability to go out and do that where maybe some of the older guys, you know, who have the families and stuff don't mm. have the, 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 the uh, time to do it, you know, so go out, uh, follow him. It's fun. Him. We had Andrew Cole last week. He's another guy who loves to go out there and you know, loves to be a foodie, loves to you know run around. So make sure you check out both those guys. Um, I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara. That's Mike the Grand Poobah Parazzini. For our buddy Joe Basser, uh, let's go Rooney, and we, we'll see you uh, pre-match, pre-match against uh, ATL. We'll see if I can actually get online for this one. For whatever reason, the pig and whistle wasn't letting me get online, and hopefully it'll be me and Mike in the pre-match show. So we'll catch you guys all at the next.